Well, it's a great delight to be with you, uh, though not in person, a privilege to be uh, preaching and serving you this morning. Uh, thank you so much for your invitation. And I'm so pleased that you're uh, reading through and studying and praying through 1 Thessalonians, uh, such a great book in the New Testament. And it's so good to read a book from beginning to end. <laughs> Indeed, when you think about it, that's the way most of us read books, unless we're reading a recipe book, or in my case, a murder mystery, when I often look at the end to find out who did it. But uh, what a sensible way to <coughs> study the Bible to read it, to read the books of the Bible from beginning to end. So a great delight to be part of the, your series on 1 Thessalonians. What an encouraging book it is. Well, let me uh, begin with a contrast between two different kinds of churches. The first one is represented by a little phrase I remember reading years ago where uh, a members of the family uh, getting ready to go to church met together in uh, the hallway of their house ready to go to church with what the author described as stiffened Sunday faces. The other example is a church I visited in Brisbane. Uh, you went inside the front door and inside the front door was a, uh, a grass glass screen uh, through which you then entered the church. And on the glass screen, it was so moving, they had uh, some words, and I don't remember the words exactly, but uh, this is an impression of the words they had etched on this glass screen. In this church, together, we love, we hug, we cry, we laugh, we trust, we lament, we praise, we rejoice, we suffer, we weep, we serve, we grieve, we sing, we encourage, we teach, we learn, we share, we give, we receive. What a wonderful way to enter a church and to read what the congregation did when they met together. It's a bit like the relationship between Paul and the Thessalonians, I think, in this letter. They have deep relationships with each other because of their deep relationship with God. There's a deep emotional relationship between Paul and the members of the church in Thessalonica because of their emotional relationship with God. It's a church in which you detect rich relationships with each other because of their rich relationships with God. 
deeply personal relationships. And we pick that up, don't we, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the section that uh, John preached on last Sunday, and I, I listened, listened to the sermon. Uh, Paul says, we love you, we, we cared for you, we loved you so much, verse 8, or uh, verse, verse 13, we thank God continually because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So Paul's saying we loved you and we thank God for you. Well, what a wonderful combination that is. And I must say, one of the things I have learned from St. Paul is to say to people more often, I love you. And when I'm praying for people, to thank God for them before I pray for them. Uh, we, uh, we males are often... Uh, perhaps not uh, so liable to say, uh, I love you. Indeed, <laughs> a good friend of mine uh, told me that she said to her husband uh, of uh, some 40 years, you don't say you love me anymore. And his reply was, I'm still with you, aren't I? Well, perhaps he could practice saying, I love you once a week or something like that. But how good too it is uh, when we pray for people, to thank God for them. I find that if I uh, thank God for somebody before I pray for them, then uh, that enriches and encourages my prayer because I'm already aware in my mind of uh, what God has already done in their lives. So I, I hope you've picked up this deep relationship between Paul and the Thessalonians, this emotional relationship, this rich relationship which comes out of their rich, rich relationship with God. So, as you saw last week, Paul, Paul says, we love you, and we thank God for you. And here we have in verse uh, 17, the section beginning verse 17, we long to see you. Well, how striking it is to say, but brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. Well, Paul is uh, really opening his heart, isn't he? Saying that he felt orphaned, that is, deserted by being separated from those Thessalonians for a short time. Then he says, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. So, Paul is opening his heart and saying, look, we were, we, we were in desperation. We wanted to see you. We wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. You remember that uh, Paul had ministered to the church at Thessalonica and then left. He wants to return he says, but Satan blocked our way. We don't know whether that was uh, Paul, that Paul was ill and not able to travel, or perhaps the, the uh, civic authorities at Thessalonica uh, made some kind of legal constraint so he couldn't return. But look at the emotion of verse 19. For what is our hope, our joy, 
or the crown in which we'll glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes. Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. Well, I wonder if you've ever used that extravagant language in your life. It's not the kind of language I use. I, I might say, oh, it's great to see you again, uh, which is a kind of understatement, isn't it? But um, Paul is, uh, is saying at, at the highest emotional level, I think, how, how desperate he was to see them. And uh, he wanted to come to them. He wasn't able to. Uh, but what is our hope, our joy, our crown in which we'll glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes, that is, when he returns, you are our glory and our joy. Well, I remember preaching on uh, this passage uh, at the church of which I was a minister at the time. And I said, uh, Paul has told the Thessalonians how much he loves them and how much he hates being separated from them. And uh, I just want to say to you, uh, uh, church, uh, how much I love you and how much I miss you when I'm separated from you. Well, it was a great thing to do. A number of people said afterwards how moved they were to hear me say that I loved them. I, I was loving them by serving them, I hope. But it was so good to say it out loud. So Paul expresses his love when he says that we long to see you. Then, because he's not able to travel to see them, for whatever reason, he says, uh, looking at the next chapter, verse 1, when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. That's where he's writing the letter from. We sent Timothy, who's our brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ. When I was... Uh, Young, I used to think uh, that Paul was trying to convert the Roman Empire on his own. He was a great hero, a great loner. And it was a great shock when I discovered that Paul actually had 80 fellow workers scattered around the Mediterranean world, around the Roman Empire. Those 80 fellow workers were sometimes leaders in a local church, but they were also people who travelled with Paul and uh, whom he sent off on various tasks uh, on the way through his ministry. And you can find those 80 people if you read through Acts and Paul's letters. Some of them are more famous than others. And as you know, uh, Paul, uh, Paul's uh, companions at this stage were... Uh, Silas and Timothy but he's willing to send Timothy away why verse 2 to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so not only does Paul write a letter to encourage them and strengthen them but he sends one of his value, valued fellow workers Timothy who I think is probably one of the most significant of Paul's fellow workers that he might strengthen 
and encourage you in your faith. Why would he need to do that? Well, as a matter of fact, we always need to be strengthened and encouraged in our faith. That is, in our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, our trust in God. Sometimes I think that we uh, we operate like uh, aeroplanes do, if you remember ever travelling on an aeroplane, lots of energy to get going in the Christian life, and then after about 10 years we know how to live as a Christian, and we can kind of coast for a while, not using much energy, and then finally land safely. But actually, we need to be lifelong learners, lifelong growers, and lifelong being strengthened and encouraged in our faith. That is, we need to be growing and learning and uh, uh, growing closer to God and growing in our faith all the time from the beginning of our Christian lives until the day we die or until the Lord Jesus returns. But they also needed to be strengthened and encouraged in their faith because in verse 3, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. We don't know exactly what the trials were, but I imagine that they were a mild, if not strong, persecution. For Paul says in verse 3, we know quite well that we're destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted, as it turned out that way, and it turned out that way, as you well know. So perhaps the trials are not the trials of the Thessalonians, but the trials of Paul. And perhaps the uh, Thessalonians are thinking, well, if Paul is being persecuted, perhaps he isn't a reliable witness after all, or perhaps they're deeply sorrow and can't work out why God is letting Paul be persecuted. Whatever it is, uh, Paul sends Timothy to strengthen and encourage them in their faith so that they won't be unsettled by trials, whatever those trials are. Because uh, you and I know how much the things that happen to us, or indeed the things that happen to others, may unsettle our faith and our trust in God. So Paul is sending Timothy to strengthen them but also, there's a second reason for sending Timothy. We read it in verse 5. For this reason I could stand it no longer. I sent, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labours might have been in vain. So, here's Paul sending his valued colleague Timothy to strengthen them, but also to find out how they are, because... Uh, great affection, great love leads Paul to be on edge. He, he wants to hear some news from them. Uh, he sent Timothy, as he says in verse 5, to find out about your faith. Notice Paul sends Timothy to strengthen and encourage them in their faith. And he sends Timothy to find out about their faith. Because Paul knows that what's most important about people is their continued faith in Jesus Christ, their trust in Jesus Christ, their trust in God. 
dear sisters and brothers, I hope that your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ is strong and persistent despite the circumstances of your lives. I hope indeed that your faith is growing and becoming strengthened, that you're encouraged in your faith. I hope that you're trusting God more and more every year, every decade. And I hope that you as a church are trusting God more and more throughout the life of your church. We long to see you. We're encouraged by you. Now, Timothy's returned. Verse 6. Timothy has now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. Paul sent him to inquire about their faith. Not only does he come back for the good report of their faith in Jesus Christ, but their love. He's told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we are encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. Yes, the stronger our faith is, the more we'll stand firm in the Lord. Well, what a wonderful description of the church at Thessalonica that Timothy brings. He's brought good news about your faith and your love. So verse 9, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of God because of you? Well, I love the fact that Paul's giving out so much of his love and concern uh, and prayers for them. But then in return, he's encouraged by them. Uh, we are encouraged, aren't we, by our brothers and sisters in Christ to continue to trust in God. We're immensely discouraged when somebody gives up, aren't we? And how encouraged we are by those who continue. And one of the things I'm looking forward to when we're allowed to meet in church again is looking around the congregation on a Sunday morning, I church I go to, I don't always get time to speak to everybody, but just seeing people there, just looking around and seeing them, I think, well, these people are here because they want to praise God there, here because they're still trusting in God there, here because they love their brothers and sisters in Christ. We're here to hear God's word together, to pray together to God, to praise God, to encourage each other. How encouraged we are by fellow believers. And how much Paul thanked God. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of God, our God, because of you? We long to see you. We're encouraged by you. And we pray for you. And one of the delightful features of 1 Thessalonians is the number of prayers that Paul includes in the letter. Not only is he praying, but he's also telling the Thessalonians that he is praying for them 
And also, he's telling them what he is praying for them. What a great encouragement that is. When someone writes to me and say and tells me, I'm praying for you and this is what I'm praying for you, I'm really stoked. I think it's wonderful. Wonderful to know that people are praying. Wonderful to know what they're praying. And that alerts me to look for the answers to their prayers in my life and my ministry. So Paul says, verse 10, night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, that doesn't mean that they, they, don't, they aren't trusting in God. They are, but they need to learn more. Now, we engage in lifelong learning, don't we? There are always more things to learn as we study the scriptures, as God teaches us from the scriptures by his spirit. And you might notice that chapters 4 and 5 in this letter are a kind of starter for what Paul knows is lacking in their faith. They need to learn more about how to live to please God. They need to learn more about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, he says in verse 11, Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. And then in verse 11, 12 and 13, he tells them what he is praying. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. We don't know uh, what the barrier was for Paul to return to see the Thessalonians, but uh, he's telling them, he's asking God, uh, our God and Father, and the Lord Jesus to clear the way for us to come to you. And perhaps you can read about that return visit in Acts chapter 20 and verses 1 to 4. But what else is he praying? Verse 12. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. What a great prayer to pray. For Paul to pray for the church of Thessalonica. And what a prayer, great prayer for you to pray for your church. And what a great prayer for you to pray for other churches you know. May the Lord, that is the Lord Jesus, make your love increase and overflow. <laughs> what a remarkable picture of love in a congregation. Not just love increasing, but love overflowing for each other and everyone else. I think Paul's point is, that we need to learn to love each other in the church. And so then we'll be trained to love everyone else. The church is a kind of gym we go to to get trained up to love each other. So that then enables us uh, to love people, to love everyone else. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. And the final prayer in this section of Thessalonians, verse 13, may he strengthen your hearts so that you'll be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father 
when our Lord Jesus comes. That's when he returns with all his holy ones. Well, they're big prayers, aren't they? If we pray Bible prayers, we'll be praying big prayers, won't we? We don't just pray that our church will meet our budget for the year or that those who are sick will get better soon. These are massive prayers to pray, aren't they? We pray massive prayers because we have a massive God. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. May he, that is, the Lord, strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus Christ comes with all his holy ones. What a great vision we get from this letter of the intense relationship between Paul and the church at Thessalonica and indeed of the intense and deep relationships which he wants to have the, the church in Thessalonica to have, uh, a rich relationship with each other because of their rich relationship with God. We long to see you. We're encouraged by you. We pray for you. What a great vision of a healthy church. What a great vision of a God-honouring church. What a great vision of a church in which the Lord Jesus Christ is doing his work. What a great vision of a church in which people's faith and trust in God and Christ is growing and increasing. What a great vision of a church in which people are standing firm in the Lord. What a great vision of a church in which their love is increasing and overflowing, their love for each other is increasing and overflowing for each other and for everyone else. And what a great vision of a church in which the Lord Jesus strengthens our hearts so that we will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus Christ comes with all his holy ones. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, please supply what is lacking in our faith Help us to stand firm in you, our Lord. And may you, our Lord, make our love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. And in your mercy, may you strengthen our hearts so that we will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when you come with all your holy ones. Amen.